What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. to the Nick and Nolan Show, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast with your host, Nick Bat. Sometimes I'll start a sentence and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. And Bruce Nolan. I once worked with a guy for three years and never learned his name. Best friend I ever had. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this edition of the Nick and Nolan Show. I am your host, Bruce Nolan. And Nick is still unavailable, so the mock draft megapalooza, that's right, I made it, it's a word, it's totally a word, will continue on starting at pick 33 if you have not listened to the last episode of the Nick and Nolan pod for the first 32 picks in the mega mock draft, which is intended to be predictive and a fun thought exercise for the way that teams could potentially approach the draft, make sure you you go back and do that. But without further ado, let's continue on with pick number 33, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals. With the 33rd overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Ezra Cleveland, offensive tackle Boise State, in the exact same way that the Miami Dolphins selected Herbert and then took a tackle. The Cincinnati Bengals are taking Joe Burrow and then a tackle. And they're getting arguably the most athletic tackle outside of Tristan Wirfs in this entire class. Ezra Cleveland is a freaky movement athlete. I markedly, markedly question his play strength. However, the Cincinnati Bengals have shown the ability in the past to get freaky athletes. And when you have a freaky athlete at a position of need, and Cincinnati has had an offensive line sore spot for quite some time, you know, they tried to patch the holes with previous Bills, Cordy Glenn, John Miller, that did not work out to their benefit. It's time for them to invest high draft picks to protect the investment that they just made in Joe Burrow. With the 34th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Tennessee Titans select Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle, Georgia. Isaiah Wilson is not everybody's fit. He has to fit with a specific team with a specific mentality, and the Tennessee Titans are that team. They are built around the power running game with Derrick Henry and play action passing with Ryan Tannehill. They believe that they can run it back with Tannehill and Derrick Henry and get the results they got last year. I question whether or not that is the right move for them to build around a running back and a play action passer. However, Isaiah Wilson fits what they're trying to do. In addition, they just lost two tackles 
in free agency and it's time for them to fill that spot. This seems like a really, really good fit with something that they really like to do. Isaiah Wilson is a massive human being, does very well on the right side to be able to collapse that line and help Derrick Henry spring for big gains. With the 35th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Marlon Davidson, defensive lineman, Auburn. I said defensive lineman because that's exactly what he is. He played on the edge at Auburn. A lot of people think he can kick inside to defensive tackle. It's kind of a a tweener sort of position for them. But if you recall what I said yesterday about specific schemes, liking specific types of players, Marlon Davidson is probably not going to go as a close to 300-pound and probably not going to go to a traditional 4-3 team unless they feel like he has the quickness to be able to play 3-tech, in which case he'd probably go lower. The only way he really can have an opportunity to go this high is if he goes to a team like Detroit, like New England, someone who values the heavier set players on the outside, someone who's also going to be in the running for someone like AJ Epinesa, someone who likes the longer, heavier, thicker defensive ends. And Detroit is one of those teams. I think that he's a good fit there. I think that he could be the Eric Flowers light for them. And I think that that's something where he's not going to be a fit for everybody. If he doesn't get taken here, I start to wonder how far he goes, whether it's to New England, whether it's to Miami. I wonder who's going to take him because he's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. But in this case, Detroit 35 overall. With the 36th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Austin Jackson, offensive tackle USC. I mentioned in yesterday's pod that Dave Gettleman absolutely does like his hog mollies, and he absolutely does like freak athletes, but historically he has not taken tackles high. This fits that bill to a T. Austin Jackson is a great athlete who I don't think is ready to play offensive tackle at a high level right now. However, Dave Gettleman loves him some freak athletes. He took, in this case, Isaiah Simmons in the first round. He comes back. He hits Austin Jackson in the second round. This is someone who believes in the power of running the ball. He believes in having freak athletes all over the field. Austin Jackson checks both those boxes. I think that a lot of people think he could go higher than this. I've I've read some tweets from Daniel Jeremy. Jeremiah and other draft analysts who say Austin Jackson could be a first round pick. I don't have that great on him. In fact, I wouldn't even take him here at this point. He is fairly low on my offensive tackle ranking relative to other people. But that freakish athleticism is something that every coach in the league is going to think I can turn this guy into something, but I can't make other guys better athletes. This is why better athletes go higher because every coach says, listen, I can't teach you to move your feet like that. I can't teach you to be that agile. I can't teach that stuff, but I can teach him how to use his hands better. I can teach him the technique. There's a level of arrogance associated with that. And you have to understand Austin Jackson's going to go higher than we probably think he should. He might go higher than this. He might be a first round pick, but in this case, 36 overall New York Giants. With the 37th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Chargers select Noah Igbenogany, cornerback, Auburn. I really like Noah Igbenogany quite a bit. He's one of my favorite corners in this class. I think that he's getting markedly underrated by some because of how good the corner class is at the top with people like C.J. Henderson and Jeffrey Okuda. But the fact that there's still ceiling 
on Noah Igbenogany because of his conversion from wide receiver to corner makes that a very exciting prospect. When you watch him on tape, you think, gosh, this is a good corner. This is someone who can carry people down the seam. This is someone who can play on the left and right side. This is someone who can play over top of receivers in the slot and has the hips to be able to do it. And then you say, holy crap, he's still learning? Oh my goodness gracious, that's very exciting from a ceiling standpoint. I think the Los Angeles Chargers are an absolute slam dunk here for him. I would love that fit in that defense. And I think that this is someone who can come in day one and be good, but then year three potentially be great. There has been a trade with the 38th overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft. The New England Patriots select Zach Bond, Edge, Wisconsin. The Patriots traded 387, 398, 4,122, and 6,193 to Carolina for 238. Now, the Patriots accumulated a lot of pieces from trading back with the Colts in round one. Now they come up and get their replacement for Kyle Van Noy. I think that Zach Bond is a great fit in that New England defense. I hate to see him go there, quite frankly, but having someone who can play both off-ball linebacker, and rush situationally is something the Patriots are really going to crave. I think that we're going to see a more smash-mouth, defense and run game-focused New England Patriots team than we have seen in quite some time. I think this is going to be a let's-get-by with Jared Stidham. I don't think he's going to come out and throw the ball 50 times a game. I don't think you plug in Jared Stidham and you ask him to do all the things that Tom Brady was doing before he left. I think you lean on your defense. You lean on your run game with Sony Michelle. And I think that you make things happen for your quarterback and to make it easier for him. One of the things that New England is forgotten now is that for the first half of 2019, there were questions as to whether or not New England had a historically good defense. And a couple pieces here or there, they can reclaim that type of buzz again. In this case, they got A.J. Epinesa at 29 overall. They get Zach Bond, and all of a sudden, that defense looks a lot different and a lot better and more versatile. People who can play inside-outside with A.J. Epinesa on the defensive line, someone who can play off-ball linebacker and rush the passer with Zach Bond. That versatility is something that Bill Belichick and his disciples crave in their defensive players, and I love the fit. With the 39th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jonathan Taylor, running back, Wisconsin. I love the draft Miami's having here, and it just kills me. It just kills me. But Miami wants playmakers. They want to score some touchdowns, and they want to help out their quarterback, in this case, Justin Herbert, who I selected yesterday. One of the things that I think is interesting about Jonathan Taylor is that you don't get a lot of the versatility you get with some other the other running backs coming out of the draft nowadays. But as a pure running back, he might be one of the best. Well, you know who really likes specialization in their running backs? The New England tree. These are people who took Shoney Sony Michelle. These are people who made it work with LeGarrette Blunt. These are people who can make it work with pure running backs. Where does Miami's head coach come from? He comes from New England. And so his propensity to care about pure running skills might be higher than other teams. He thinks, listen, I'll have Jonathan Taylor do the running back stuff. If I want to have a third down scat back, I'll bring in somebody else. You know, if I want to have that concerns taken off the table, if I don't want to worry about Jonathan Taylor's versatility, I'll take him. But they're going to look at this and think, 
I have a chance to get arguably the best pure runner in the class at 39 overall, take the pressure off my quarterback, someone who can be explosive and run to space in this Chan Gailey offense, I'm going to take advantage of it. With the 40th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans select Terrell Lewis, Edge, Alabama. I love Terrell Lewis as a 3-4 outside linebacker. Those long arms, those bendy, bendy limbs. I think he's someone who can really come in, and if he is able to stay healthy, can be a steal of this draft. I think he has the physical tools of players who you typically see go in the first round. The medical is a concern. However, you got to remember who's running Houston right now. Bill O'Brien is someone who needs to make sure he takes big swings. I'm not sure how much else you can swing big aside from trading DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. This is a scenario where Bill O'Brien's probably going to swing big. I can see him swinging big on someone with all the physical tools necessary to be an elite edge rusher in a 3-4 defensive scheme and say, listen, very rarely are players with these tools available now. Let's just go ahead and take them. And this might be something where very low-key Bill Bryan is one of the most powerful men in football right now. And when you have that level of power, sometimes you feel like you can take big swings at players like this. And hopefully you get a big impact from them. Terrell Lewis has really significant injury problems for me. I don't think he can stay healthy. I actually like Anfrey Jennings better. Remember, that's not what this pod is about. What this pod is about is what I think Houston, in this case, will do. And I think I can see the fit here with Terrell Lewis and the Houston Texans. With the 41st overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Grant Delpit, safety, LSU. Coming into this year, people thought Grant Delpit was going to be a first-round pick. Some people thought top half of first round. Didn't quite have the season that a lot of people thought he was going to have. The tackling is an issue for him. However, Cleveland needs help in that defensive secondary, and specifically, they need help at safety. This is somebody who can come in right away, and his single high skills, don't be blinded by the other things that are going on with Grant Dell, but his single high skills are impressive, and if you want somebody to be able to play deeper in the zone, he has the ball skills, the rare instincts necessary to be effective in that role. Cleveland did something in the first round that we expected them to do, which is trade down. And then this time they take a player who they view as being good value at a position of need. With the 42nd overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Antoine Winfield Jr. Safety, Minnesota. So Jacksonville has rebuilt their defense on the fly. Why? Because they know going into this year that they're going to have to make sure that they give their team the best chance to come in and be effective with Gardner Minshew. They weren't able to get the quarterback that they really wanted this year. They don't have the ammunition to go up and get a top flight quarterback. So they're going to roll with Gardner Minshew and they're going to make it work with defense and the running game, which meshes well with what Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin want to do anyway. I think Antoine Winfield Jr. is a steal here. I think he's a really impressive player. Sideline to sideline can come up and support the run. Obviously, he's got the bloodlines. We talk about that ad nauseum. But I think he's a really good player at a position of need for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So safeties go back to back here at 41 and 42. 
with the 43rd overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. The Chicago Bears take Trevon Diggs, cornerback Alabama. I know that there's a lot of Bills fans who were hoping Trevon Diggs would be there at 54, if nothing else, to be able to deal with the fun that would come along with having two Diggs brothers uh, on the same team. But in addition, cornerback being a position of notable concern for the Buffalo Bills fans at large. Chicago, for some reason got rid of Brince Amukamara. And I actually thought he, he played pretty well over the last couple of years, but they're going to want to replace that. Chicago is a team that right now is in at a crossroads with the Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky quarterback situation. And the one thing that they know is that regardless of who is the starting quarterback, they're probably not going to end up with an explosive offense. So you have to make sure you play to your strengths. In this case, the strengths of the Chicago team has been ball skills on defense and getting takeaways. Trevon Diggs absolutely fits into what those things do. He's someone who can come in and give you high-level ball skills right away, in addition to having potential upside for the future that comes along with being that caliber of athlete. Chicago makes sure that they give whoever the quarterback is the ball as much as possible by taking away the ball from the opposing team. With the 44th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Jalen Rager, wide receiver, TCU. Here's someone I loved. This has been well documented at this point that Bruce is a Jalen Rager guy. And I think that putting him on the track in Indianapolis with Phillip Rivers, and in this case, Jordan Love that you just traded up to get, is someone who can really, really help. Indianapolis has been trying to fill that wide receiver two role. They have been trying really hard to take the pressure off of T.Y. Hilton. They brought in players on one-year contracts like Devin Funchess. They have tried Dante Moncrief. They've tried to fill that role, and they haven't been able to do it. The speed is going to be enticing. You know, Phillip Rivers will have his Travis Benjamin-like player that he loved so much in San Diego and then Los Angeles and the Colts get someone who can help their quarterback develop by being able to get open with markedly better quarterback play in the NFL than he had in college. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With the 45th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have selected Clyde Edwards-Alaire, running back LSU. I mentioned the Bucs are in win-now mode, 
And if you want someone who can catch the ball out of the backfield and take some of that pressure off of your two main wide receivers to be able to give you yards after catch and route running ability from the running back position, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is that guy. He's someone who I really feel like if I was Tom Brady, I'd be pounding the table for and say, let's make this job easier for me. Listen, you got me a tackle. That's awesome. Get me some weapons. Running backs can come in and help you right now. Running backs are one of your positions that you look for if you think you're one piece away, if you just need a little more. And Tampa's Super Bowl window is open right now. Let's go get a versatile running back who can cast the ball out of the backfield, who can make people miss in the short area, who has necessarily, not necessarily the long speed, but I have big play potential from Godwin and Evans. I don't necessarily need to get it from my running game, but having a safety valve of that caliber would be vastly, vastly beneficial to Tom Brady and the Tampa offense this year. With the 46th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Denver Broncos have selected Lloyd Cushenberry, interior offensive lineman, LSU. The Broncos need help up front. They've got a quarterback who is starting to develop. And Drew Locke came on really well at the end of last year. And now that the Denver Broncos have gotten their guy in Henry Ruggs, it's time to protect their quarterback. Lloyd Cushenberry helps them do that at a high level. He's someone who I think fits the system really well in Denver. And he's somebody who I really believe if it wasn't for some of these offensive tackles really pushing some offensive linemen down, he's probably somebody who could go a little bit higher. Denver offensive line coach Mike Munchak is one of the best in the business, and if you telling him you can get him someone with outrageously long arms and incredibly good strength, that's something he's not going to be interested in, he absolutely would be, and that's something that I think the Broncos are going to jump all over. With the 47th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Neville Gallimore. Defensive lineman, Oklahoma. Okay, so the Falcons traded up in the first round for Kalevon Chason. Now they double down on the defensive line. They get the interior defensive line that they probably would have wanted to get. I imagine if they were trading up, they probably want to get Kinlaw or potentially Derek Brown. But in this case, they weren't able to do that, but they did get Kalevon Chason. Now they get Neville Gallimore. The Falcons believe they want that defensive line to be strong and they want it to be able to penetrate and cause problems because that's really where Dan Quinn lives and they just haven't been able to do it. So what they do, they double down now on that defensive line. They get Neville Gallimore out of Oklahoma to help them up front on the defensive line. With the 48th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Damon Arnett, cornerback, Ohio State. Greg Williams is going to love Damon Arnett. Greg Williams is going to love his versatility. He's going to love his ability to play in press, his ability to play in the slot, potentially. Greg Williams would love to get him a piece like Damon Arnett. I thought about offensive tackle here for the Jets, but there wasn't anybody there that I really, really loved at this spot with Austin Jackson gone, Ezra Cleveland gone, Isaiah Wilson gone. I didn't feel great about a tackle here. And in this case, People forget that corner is a horrible, horrible need for the Jets. They talk about the offensive side and helping Sam Darnold, but they forget how poorly the Jets secondary has played outside of Jamal Adams and Marcus May in the defensive secondary with the safeties. The corner play was some of the worst in the league last year, and we're going to fix it right now. We're going to get Greg Williams a piece he's absolutely going to love in 
Damon Arnett, Corner, Ohio State. With the 49th overall pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Raekwon Davis, interior defensive lineman Alabama. This is too good of a value for them to pass up at this point. Way too good of a value for them to pass up. I know that they want to run the ball better in 2020 than they did in 2019. I know that. And I thought about a running back here. But the running back class, they probably look at it, they think, okay, I can get somebody later that I really like. The Pittsburgh Steelers have never been shy about taking mid-round running backs. Benny Snell, Le'Veon Bell, James Conner. I think they do it again. They triple down when it comes to those kind of things, quadruple down in the mid-round running back range. But right now, Raquan Davis is someone who came into this year with potential first-round aspirations. He necessarily didn't always live up to that, but that doesn't mean the tools aren't there as a five-tech to be able to have those crazy long arms and be able to really, really reinforce the strength of the Pittsburgh defense. With the 50th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears, Chicago Bears select Jonah Jackson, interior offensive line, Ohio State. The Bears need help up front for sure, regardless of whether it's Trubisky or whether it's Nick Foles. They want to give whoever that quarterback is the best chance to be successful. And Jonah Jackson being here at 50, I think is a steal. I love Jonah Jackson. I don't think that he limits you as far as what type of offense you can run. Matt Nagy is somebody who likes to do a lot of different things on offense. And when you have offensive linemen who can only do one thing, it really limits his ability. He wants to be creative. He wants to run outside inside zone. He wants to run trap. He wants to run some specialty plays. He wants to be a little loony when it comes to that stuff and be a little mad scientist-y. And he can do that as long as you have offensive linemen that aren't limited in whether or not they can't reach block. You know, if you have somebody who can't reach block, someone who you don't trust one-on-one in a gap power scheme, that gives you problems. As an offensive line coach and as an offensive coordinator, he's someone who has the versatility to be able to assist whoever the quarterback is and whatever Matt Nagy wants to call. With the 51st overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Kyle Duggar, safety Lenore Ryan. I know he's a popular pick to the Bills at 54. In this case, Dallas scoops him up. I think he fits the defense that Dallas is running. He's someone who can play free safety. He can play back. He can see things develop in front of him, crash downhill, and make plays. That is what he does. I don't think he is as exotic of a piece as potentially other people think he is. But if you ask him to play in the deep safety role, see things in front of him and use that crazy closing speed athleticism to come downhill and make plays, I think that's something that Dallas could use on defense. And it's something that I think Jerry Jones will like. With the 52nd overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Rams select Jeremy Chin, safety, Southern Illinois. Now, I say safety for Jeremy Chin, but really it's defensive weapon from Southern Illinois. Jeremy Chin is someone who I think can line up in a lot of different places. I think one of the things you have to understand is that with Wade Phillips leaving the Rams and having Brandon Staley come in as the defensive coordinator is going to have some interesting effects on the way that the Rams run defense. Brandon Staley actually coached under Vic Fangio the last couple of years, but important to note, ironically enough about Brandon Staley, Brandon Staley was the defensive coordinator at John Carroll University, which is division three school up here in Cleveland, Ohio. So I actually have a little bit of experience knowing about Brandon Staley. However, 
he is inheriting a unit that has good players. Aaron Donald has Jalen Ramsey. However, I think he would be willing to be a little bit more creative than perhaps Wade Phillips would be able to do. One of the ways you can do that and really have your unit take the next step is by shifting away from a 72-year-old defensive coordinator in Wade Phillips, transitioning down to Brandon Staley, who is young, who is innovative, who has learned under a great defensive mind, and then taking a player like Chin, who is someone who you can do multiple things with. If you want your defense to take the next step, you can't just swap out a coordinator. In this case, you're swapping out a coordinator and you're adding a valuable piece that I really think Brandon Staley will be able to have some fun with. With the 53rd overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select K.J. Hamler, wide receiver, Penn State. Too much fun for Gruden. Just too much fun. It's too much fun. When you see a player like him, you can't imagine John Gruden not loving K.J. Hamler. I question the ball skills. I question the ball security. I question the hands. However, if you have a quarterback who likes to get the ball out short of the sticks and let his players make plays like Derek Carr has a propensity to do, K.J. Hamler is your guy. If you want to be able to throw it short and get a long play, K.J. Hamler is your guy. If you want to be able to manufacture touches in the short area to a wide receiver, K.J. Hamler is your guy. I think he fits with what John Gruden wants to do on offense, and he fits with what Derek Carr has as far as limitations. With the 54th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, your Buffalo Bills select Cam Akers, running back, Florida. I will read you what I have written on the Buffalo Rumblings article that I wrote with all 255 picks. I'm not buying the TJ Yeldon hype quite yet. General Manager Brandon Bean said what kept Yeldon off the field last year was the, quote, downhill, unquote, ability of Frank Gore. And Akers gives you that in a much more exciting package. Brandon Bean has brought up Christian McCaffrey as a, quote, sleep good at night pick, unquote, when discussing his best draft picks ever. Now, here are Christian McCaffrey's athletic measurements. 5'11", 202 pounds. 30 and 1 8 inch arm length, 9 and 1 8 inch hand size, 4.4840 yard dash, 4.2220 yard shuttle, 3.573 cone, 37 and 1 half inch vertical, 10 foot 1 inch broad jump, 10 bench press reps of 225. Now here are those exact same measurements, but for Cam Akers, 5 foot 10, 217 pounds, 30 and 5 8 inch arm length, 9-inch hand size, 4.4740 yard dash, 4.4220 yard shuttle, 35.5-inch vertical, 10-foot-2 broad jump, 20 bench press, reps of 225. Athletically, they're very similar. I understand Cam Akers did not have the opportunity to do what Christian McCaffrey did in college. He was not utilized that same way. He was behind a bad offensive line, but Brandon Bean has shown a propensity for crazy athletes, especially when it comes to high picks. Josh Allen's a crazy athlete. Tremaine Edmonds is a crazy athlete. Ed Oliver is a crazy athlete. These are crazy athletes with nine plus RAS scores, relative athletic scores, when comparing their athletic testing to their peers. I do have them picking Cam Akers over J.K. Dobbins. 
You remember J.K. Dobbins is my RB1. I do think the competitive spirit that Akers showed behind a bad offensive line this past year and his willingness to test this offseason while Dobbins chose to sit out might put them over the edge in the favor of Akers. He finds himself available here at 54, and Bean and McDermott get the combo backfield they've been looking for since D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. Although, some might say that the acquisition of wide receiver Stephon Diggs has expectations high for Josh Allen, and rightfully so. Bean and McDermott saw Cam Newton win the NFL MVP award while attempting 495 passes in 2015. Allen attempted 461 in 2019. There are going to be 150 to 200 touches available for RB2 in this offense. That's going to happen. These touches are not touches that are being taken away from Stephon Diggs. They're not touches that are being taken away from John Brown. They're not touches that are being taken away from Devin Singletary. They were never going to make it to those people because fundamentally it's not what they believe in. They believe in deep-rooted run game principles in this organization. I understand we might want them to throw the ball 550 times now that they have those weapons. I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. And if you have an opportunity to get this level of athlete at running back in the second round, when you've done a really good job of surrounding your roster with talented players, where you can take a luxury pick, perhaps a really talented and really explosive RB2 who maybe you're buying low on because he wasn't able to have the season he wanted to have at Florida State. If you watch him block, he blocks with tenacity. He shows the athleticism. He shows the downhill traits that you wanted to see last year from Frank Gore, which is why you put him on the field over TJ Yeldon. I think the Bills go Cam Akers, 54. If you held a gun to my head, that's what I'd pick, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we are not going to go through every single NFL draft pick all the way to 225. I know that you know that I would love to do that because you can tell how pumped up I get about this stuff. However, we are going to go through the rest of the Buffalo Bills picks in the 2020 NFL draft. We went 55, 56, 57, all the way down. But then Brandon Bean pulls his magic again and he trades up to 66 from 86, giving up 386 and 5167 for Washington to get 366. I know that trade feels a little bit light, a three and a five to move up 20 spots in the third round, but the draft network simulator allowed me to do it, so I went with it. And with that pick, the Buffalo Bills selected Curtis Weaver, Edge, Boise State. He's not a fit for everybody. He has kind of an unusual body type that comes along with being a converted defensive tackle. However, McDermott has shown a tendency to admire people of this particular type. Mario Addison, Charles Johnson, Coney Ely. As a converted interior player, Weaver also has that inside-outside versatility that mirrors that of Quentin Jefferson, so we know they value that too. So we know from past experience, they value the body type. We know they value that versatility on the defensive line. Being able to have someone who can play inside, outside, that matters to them. So if you look at the edge room right now, there's not any youth there. It's Daryl Johnson and Mike Love if you're looking for youth. And that's it. That's all you get. 
but you need to prepare for the future, especially with Trent Murphy in the last year of his contract and a potential release or trade candidate. Curtis Weaver wins the ways that Sean McDermott wants his defensive ends to win. He wins with lateral quickness and hand usage and technique. He is a technician of the highest order. He was productive in college. You have every confidence. He will continue to be productive in the NFL. So with the 66th pick trading up from 86 with Washington, the Buffalo Bills select Curtis Weaver. That is the only trade up I have the Bills taking part in this particular draft. I am counting the Stefan Diggs trade as a trade up because essentially they traded up from 22 to 18. That's basically what they did to acquire Stefan Diggs. And so when you've given up multiple assets to trade up once in an offseason, you're okay probably doing it again because Brandon Bean has done it twice pretty much every offseason. But in this case, he already did it once. So I'm only going to have him do it once predictively. So that means the Bills pick again at 128. and select John Simpson, interior offensive line, Clemson. I am of the opinion that the Bills think Cody Ford's a tackle. We can discuss whether or not I think that. We discussed that ad nauseum, but I'm not interested in that right now. However, they choose in this case to provide competition for the spot next to him with this pick. Simpson is a long, powerful, heavy-handed guard. Fits the mold that the team has outlined with their previous offensive line acquisitions. Heavy footing and being lacking in space, it doesn't seem to be a problem for this particular regime. If it was, they wouldn't have selected Cody Ford. But John Feliciano's in the last year's contract. Spencer Long is on team options. Daryl Williams, Evan Bame, they're on one-year deals. Having a longer contract provides stability for 2021 while creating the opportunity on the offensive line that the Bills and O-line coach Bobby Johnson crave. The cauldron of competition that Bobby Johnson was a part of with the Indianapolis Colts and that mentality. John Simpson is not the most athletic guard in this class at all. In fact, I would argue he's very heavy-footed. However, he is exceptionally long, exceptionally powerful. And if you want someone to team well with that style of offensive line, which it appears the Bills do, Mitch Morse is kind of the outlier when it comes to the Bills' offensive line. Deion Dawkins, John Feliciano, who's a better athlete, I think, that people give him credit for. But Deion Dawkins, big, powerful, long guy. Cody Ford, big, powerful, long guy. Mitch Morse, really athletic center who's not a super, who's not super powerful in the run game. He, Mitch Morse is probably the outlier at this point. And the reason he was an outlier is because they needed a center so bad. They were willing to go off script a little bit for it. Well, they get back on script with the pick of John Simpson into your offensive lineman, Clemson at 128. The Bills do not have a fifth round pick in this year's draft because they used it to trade up. Again, I thought... I was really, really happy that I was able to get that trade off for just a three and a five. In this case, I think that if they wanted to do it in real life, they probably have to give up more. But in this case, that worked, which means that their sixth round pick is now available and they're at 188 and they take Tanner Muse, safety, Clemson. I say safety he really is a, a positionless defensive player. I think that when you're dealing with the back half of the draft, taking freaky athletes is never a bad idea. And that's what Tanner Muse is. He's a freaky athlete. When you have a first-year special teams coach like Heath Farwell and you have a unit that's not quite up to snuff, the Bills kind of swung the opposite direction this offseason. They gave him Tyler Matakiewicz, right? They gave him A.J. Klein. They gave him Taiwan Jones. They gave him 
people who they know can come in and play right now on special teams. But you still need to do two things. You need to hedge against a potential Matt Milano departure in 2021. And if I have Tanner Muse, who can fit that convert safety down to weak side linebacker and have him run and chase in a 4-3 defensive scheme, I feel very good about that. In addition, he can come in right now, not have to necessarily play a big part, but allows you to do the things on special teams with freaky athleticism that is necessary while you learn how to play a new position under Matt Milano. With the Bills' second sixth-round pick, at 207, they take Jawan Jennings, wide receiver, Tennessee. This is another player who can walk right off the bus and show his worth on special teams. Any Bills fans that are unfamiliar with Jennings right now, if we pick them and you go to YouTube, he will become a fan favorite in a few seconds. That's the way it works because you're going to go and you're going to watch confirmation clips. That's what you're going to do because that's what we all do when we take a player in the late rounds and we're like, ooh, I don't know who the, John Smith is. We go and we Google John Smith. We find his YouTube clips. We go, holy crap, this guy's a beast. And that's what Jawan Jennings is. He is a beast with the ball in his hands. His physicality, his frame that allows him to compete for a wide receiver four position and provide a completely different dynamic. I understand he ran a 4.72. He absolutely did. If he didn't run a 4.72, he wouldn't be here at 207. But if you want someone, you can get those quick passes to and have a different type of yak. Have instead of a shifty yak, have a absolute bowling ball of a player whose competitive toughness will absolutely win over Bills Mafia in five seconds and also contribute on special teams. You take Jawan Jennings, wide receiver, Tennessee. The last Buffalo Bills pick is upon us. It is pick 239 in the seventh round. And we're taking this all the way to the end, Bills Mafia. We're bringing up the rear here. We are making it happen. We are leaving no man behind. And with the 239th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills select Jerron Bryant, cornerback, Fresno State. I am not of the opinion that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean are as concerned about CB2 as I am. Their history doesn't show that they believe in investing a ton of resources in the position opposite their main cornerback. But if you're taking a player in the seventh round, having a frame that's six foot one and being a fierce tackler are a good place to start. Bryant, funny story about Bryant, he once blocked two field goals in a quarter. That energy, that competitiveness is exactly what you're looking for in a late round pick. If you have the frame and you're a fierce tackler and you're a monster on special teams and you show that competitive spirit that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean value so much, that process, because that's really what process is. We talk about process being the right mentality of choir boys. They've said it over and over and over again. I don't understand why we can't get it through our heads. Process means people who love football. People who love to play football. There was a great tweet from Ryan Talbot just the other day about the fact that Quentin Jefferson tried to fight a person. It was a fan. It was not a player. It was a fan. He was going off the field and he tried to attack a fan. You can be that and also be process. Process isn't about making sure that you're amazing in the community and making sure that you help old ladies across the street every day, which is awesome. That's great, but that's not what process means. And they've shown it over and over and over again. But you know what process does mean? Being a crazy interested tackler. I cannot see 
the Buffalo Bills being interested in C.J. Henderson because he's not interested in tackling. But Jerron Bryant is not only interested, he's invested. He's someone who knows where his bread will be buttered in the NFL. And that is his physicality, his competitive spirit, his ability to play on special teams, and potentially take advantage of that six foot one frame that he has. Ladies and gentlemen of Bills Mafia, we are done. All 255 picks in my NFL draft mock are available right now on Buffalo Rumblings. Thank you so much for doing this with me over the last two days, folks. I hope you can tell how much I enjoy it and how much I enjoy doing this for you guys. And I really appreciate you taking the time. We have been through a lot of draft episodes. You have followed with me and listened to me on other pods talk about the draft. I absolutely love the draft. I joke around with my wife when I wake up in the morning, I say Merry Christmas to her on the first day of the draft. And it's kind of like the first day of Christmas, the secondary Christmas, because the first day of the draft and the secondary of the draft. And I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I really enjoyed interacting with you about the draft. And I'm going to really, really enjoy having a post-draft discussion where we can go through all the things I got right and all the things I got wrong because that's the fun of this. The fun of this is, oh, I thought their mentality was going to be this, but it turned out they prioritized this. Or I thought they were going to be interested in this position and they were, but it was a different player. That's the fun of this for me. And I hope you can feel that come out in my voice when I do this. I loved doing this. This has been one of my favorite draft seasons ever, even though a pick until 54 overall. And mostly it's because of my interaction with you all. Thank you so much for letting me do what I love to do. And I hope that I was able to enrich your experience. Now, folks, if you're listening to this on Thursday, let's get after it and happy drafting to you. And I'll say one final thing to you. And this comes from the bottom of my heart. This is something that really means a lot to me. And I want to make sure you're hanging on enough to be able to hear me say this to you. I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. I like a do the cha-cha. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. 
You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.